Well, good afternoon, everybody. Lovely to be here. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me uh, for those of you at home or, or working in your offices. Um, so today I want to talk about freelancers and really why you as a, a startup or a small business should engage with freelancers. Um, it's something I'm passionate about. It's something I've actually, while I was putting this uh, production together, I, I realised that I've actually been using freelancers myself uh, with, with every business um, that, I've, that I've been involved with. So... Um, the first slide I wanted to is a statement. 49% of uh, self-employed workers freelancers. Um, so that's nearly 2.2 million people. That's just in the UK alone. Um, so the reason I wanted to put that statistic um, on the wall is just to make you aware that this is a massive industry. Um, and I'm sure many of you are looking at freelancers and thinking, um, well, yeah, I've used Fiverr.com for um, the odd logo or the odd blog post or, or something small of that nature. And it's been okay, but it's not been fantastic. And really what I want to put across to yourselves is that the freelance world is actually made up of some of the most talented, experienced, skillful people you could come across. In fact, since we've had the COVID-19 pandemic, we've actually seen a lot of um, very serious business people, very high level business people move out of the commercial world um, into the freelance world. And I'm not going to go into the reasons why they've done that, but there are, there are some obvious ones. Um, it's, it's a lot more fun working for lots of different companies um, and, and different uh, bosses and, and different organisations, different people, and having different experiences. Um, but there are many reasons why people would want to, to go into the freelance world. But what I want to emphasise to you is that it, it is a large community. Um, you know, if you, if you look at you know, nearly 50% of the self-employed community in the UK alone, is working as a freelancer. So it's absolutely massive. Um, and you as a, a self-employed um, entrepreneur uh, really would be amiss um, if you didn't look at this as, as an opportunity. And I'm going to go through uh, my experiences of, of why. Um, so title of the slide, my name's Mark Trowbridge. I am a serial entrepreneur. I've been running businesses since I was 17 and selling businesses um, uh, all the way through my life. And in fact, while I was putting this together, I suddenly realised that it was even in my first business that we, we employed what we now call freelancers. And back then they were part-time employees. Terms have, have changed over the, over the years. Um, but we had my very first business, one of, the, one of the key marketing aspects we had was direct mail. And we, we employed a full-time printer. Um, he had two print machines running because every week we were sending out lots and lots of mail um, to prospective uh, clients. And in the back room, we, we engaged um, three uh, retired gentlemen, and they came in and did what we call the stuffing of the envelopes. Um, but they told me one day they absolutely loved coming to work. In fact, they said to me quietly, Mark, you didn't need to pay us. We just love coming and working and feeling needed and feeling respected and having something to do in retirement. And I think through, you know, from that, I've, I've realised all the way through my business life, we've actually utilised or I've utilised what we now call freelancers. So it's a huge, um, a huge aspect. Uh, and I really, what I really want to put across today is, you know, the importance of freelancers to you um, in your business, um, how you can benefit, uh, why you can't ignore them, uh, how to employ them, how to find them, and how to maximise the benefit. And I hope that um, after this session, you've at least taken something away uh, from today that, that makes you think differently about, about freelancers. 
What I've noticed in the UK is that there's, there's quite a closeted aspect when it comes to freelancers. Either that aspect that freelancers have no real value, uh, they're, they're not really that good at what they do. I can do better by you know, employing somebody full time. Um, and I'm, I'm really here to tell you that's not the case. And I'm going to give you some examples as we move through um, as to why that's not the case for us as a company. So freelance work, again, it's not only um, a huge number of people in the freelance community, but it's also those people who are working across all verticals. So whatever, uh, whatever need you have as a small business person, uh, whatever case you have for, for work needing to be done, you will find somebody in the community that can actually do that. And you'll find a person that's actually highly skilled, highly talented, um, and will do an amazing job for you. And we'll run into a, a financial aspect of that a little bit later. Now, the other aspect you need to also look at and think about, whilst we think about, and I've given you a statistic for the UK, but now we're in a global economy. And what you'll find is that the freelance world is actually that, it's worldwide. So we as a company, uh, we now employ, and I use the word employ, um, as in that I, I regard our freelancers as the same as full-time employees. So um, we, we have two levels. We have those that are working for us um, ad hoc, doing one-off projects or tasks, and we have those that we uh, respect and we actually want to engage with them on a monthly basis for them to do a task regularly for us. And I'll run, in, run through some examples of that. So again, when you're looking at freelancing, look outside of your local community, look outside of your local county, and look outside in terms of not only nationally, but internationally as well. Um, and an example of that, of that for us is that we run an international company, so we need to cover our support times 24-7, 365 days of the year. Now, yes, we could take on um, three UK-based um, support staff, um, and some of those would be working through the night and, and working odd hours, but it's actually uh, more beneficial to us and our staff if we employ them in the different hemispheres. So in terms of support, we'll have support running in the American hemisphere and we'll have support running in the Asian hemisphere so that we can cover. And for them, it's their normal work day, work hours. Um, so it works really, really well from, the, from that perspective. So the, I just put this slide up. We, had a, we were very fortunate to, uh, just coming out of COVID, we were able to put a, uh, a team meeting together or a team conference together uh, where we... Uh, for all of our team, or as many team members as we could, um, into one venue. We, had a, we actually brought everybody to Benidorm in Spain. Um, we had a long weekend, and it was a good time for us to meet people that we've never met before. So we've been um, employing or engaging um, consultants and freelancers uh, for a good many years, and we haven't even met them. In fact, it's only next week that I'm meeting one, uh, one of our members who I haven't seen. He's been engaged with us for two and a half years, and I'm finally meeting him. So this was a good opportunity, and um, as I mentioned, we've, we've got freelancers, or we utilise freelancers from around the world. So we have freelancers in, in Canada, the USA, Colombia, Spain, the UK, uh, the Philippines, and, and further afield. And our intention um, is to continue to um, engage with free, freelancers um, and, and, and get them to help us grow our business. It's a fantastic way of, of helping your business scale. So... 
If you're thinking, mm, I'm a one-man band, I'm a small business, it's not going to help me, um, stop there. Uh, we started using freelancers when we were just two people strong. Um, and had we not used freelancers, I don't, really don't believe we would have grown as successful as we had. Um, they've been a, a tremendous asset to us as a company. Um, and once you start using and, and once you understand what you can gain from the freelance community, um, I think your, 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 your mental aspect towards it will, will change. So you're never too small to grow. I want to look at the, the why you shouldn't. And one of the ways of looking at that is always, always about finances, about money. So to me, it's almost like you can't afford not to hire a freelancer. Um, and it falls into two parts. It's a very simple equation um, for me. So what's your cost value? How much are you worth to the business? Um, there are jobs within business that we love doing. There are jobs in the business that we're great at, that we're phenomenal at. We wake up every morning and we're excited to do. And then there are jobs in our business where we go, oh, God, do I have to do that? So for me personally, um, it's the bookkeeping. I know there are people in the room who go, mm, yeah, I know that one. For others, it'll be marketing. For others, it'll be sales. Um, but there's many, many components in running a business. And for me, bookkeeping is just die. I mean, I'm, I'm a very forward-looking person. Um, I hate looking back, and that means I hate looking at invoices that have gone. That, that, that's done. It's gone, dusted. I just hate bookkeeping and VAT and anything to do with that. But of course, as a small business person, you have to do it. So for me, I'd procrastinate over it. I'd leave it to that last minute. You know when it's got to be done by you know, Monday morning and it's now Sunday night? Uh, uh, just a nightmare. And of course, when you procrastinate and you hate doing things, you do things badly. So you make mistakes and then you have to go and do it again. Um, or you, you leave things to the last minute and you've lost where those invoices were. You put them somewhere. They're in a folder somewhere on your computer, but you've forgotten where. Um, that was me. Absolutely dire. So... When we're considering the use of freelance, I have this very simple cost matrix. And just an example, so on the left-hand side here, what's my value cost to the business? So we can be hypothetical. Um, we say, okay, my cost value is the business. My, my cost, my hourly cost, let's say hypothetically is 50 pounds an hour. And, and let's say I'll, I'll work seven hours a day. So that's a reasonable time span, isn't it, in a, in a, in a, in a business day. Um, as people know me, it's way, way more than that, and it probably is for you guys as well. But let's just let's keep it as a mean, happy um, situation. And again, because bookkeeping is so horrible, because those tasks you hate doing are so horrible, you make mistakes, you, they, you procrastinate over it, you take longer. So for me, I was taking three days to do bookkeeping. Absolute madness. You know, look at me going, what? So if we just added that together, 50 pounds an hour, seven hours a day, three days, the cost value to the company is over a thousand pounds. So my company, for me to do that work, is costing over a thousand pounds. Now the converse of that on the right hand side here, converse of that, let's say we used a freelancer to do that work. And let's say top, top end, 20 pounds an hour. And let's use the same equation. They're going to work seven hours in a day. The difference is the freelancer likes doing bookkeeping. 
They know how to do bookkeeping. They know how to add up and subtract and get everything in the right place. They know how to put all the, all the invoices in the right order and put them into the right uh, mechanics. So if we did the simple maths there, 20 pounds times seven, one day gives you that total of 140. So the cost saving to my business is over 900 pounds. So I hope that kind of makes sense in terms of the cost value um, to your company. Now there's also a flip side. There's another benefit. So instead of me doing that job I hate, I can now give my business those three days back. And I can give my business that time and do it in things that I actually can do. In fact, most people who know me say, Mark, you can't do anything. But there are things that I, I think I do reasonably well. So I can now give my business that time. So what's the value to my business of, of me doing things that I actually like doing, can do, and, and help the business grow? So just financially, it's, it's a really, really simple equation to say, do you know what? I'd be mad not to use a freelance. I'd be mad not to get rid of that job I really hate, that job I'm really useless at, that job that's just screwing up my business and not give that to somebody else. So that's just a very simple uh, mathematical equation. So in my mind, there are many reasons why you would hire a freelancer. Um, and these are my top three. So cost is one, lowering of costs to you as a business. And, and please don't think, oh, that's going to cost me £300, £400, £500, whatever it is. Um, as you've just seen, it's actually a value benefit. Um, the second one is that they're masters. They're masters of what they do. As I say, if you give that work to the bookkeeper that knows how to do bookkeeping, they, they know already. They bring the tools of their trade to, to that task. The biggest one for me is they bring their A game. So a freelancer wants to please you. They want to do the best job they possibly can. Um, every single time, not the day they turn up or a week into work, every single time they, are, they want to be proud of the work they deliver for you. That to me is probably the biggest, the biggest part. So just to uh, elaborate on that, when we talk about lower costs, we, we've already spoken about the cost benefit in terms of value. But the other cost is there's no ancillary costs. You know, you haven't got to supply office space, you haven't got to supply equipment, um, you haven't got to supply uniforms or anything of that nature. So there's no training. These people know what they're doing. They bring, they bring, they're a master of what they do. So you don't have to train up a bookkeeper. They know how to bookkeep. If they don't, you shouldn't be employing them. So when people know what they're doing, you're getting the best out of them. So when you start to look at the, the cost value of that particular person, you may be thinking, oh my goodness, you know, 20 pounds an hour multiplied by X number. You're not employing them full time. You're not employing them seven days a week, uh, eight hours a day. You're employing them just for the time that's needed to commit, commit to that task. And indeed, you'll probably find that the freelancer doesn't want to work for you full time 24 seven. That's not why, not why they're freelancing. Um, if they want to work for you, that's brilliant. If they're good at what they do, fantastic. Um, but you'll find in terms of that overall cost, yes, while it may sound expensive as an hourly rate, as a total cost, it's a lot, lot lower. So don't get confused by hourly rates and, and, and just look at how much time they're actually spending on that job. And also remember that because they're very skilled at what they do, 
whilst you may have thought, well, that might take somebody maybe a day, two days, or it might take five hours or six hours, because they're really, really skilled, they're going to do it actually a lot quicker. And I'll give you an example of that um, that, that, that I have from, from our own experience. Um, so as I mentioned, they bring the A, the a game every time. Really, really important. Um, and and I'll get, again, I'll give you some examples. So I'm going to talk about some of our team just to give you in context how we've been able to utilise um, the freelance community to our benefit. Um, I mentioned um, bookkeeping. So indeed, our, our first hire um, started to look after the bookkeeping and I got rid of that role. And my God, thank goodness. And it immediately, I mean, literally, immediately just released me. Um, I didn't only, didn't only get those three days back, but it stopped me worrying about, you know, the end of month, which we, we do. You know, we worry about those things that haven't been done that have to be done. So all, automatically, I, I got more energy. So that, that was a really, really big one. So I want to talk about Rob. Uh, Rob is based in the Philippines. He's been with us now two and a half years and he's actually a, a writer. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, so we, we engaged Rob in probably a blog post when we started, about two and a half years ago, and we haven't looked back since. He does, all our, does the majority of our, our blog posts. Um, he writes uh, for some of our web pages. Anything to do with writing, um, he'll, he'll write for us. Excuse me. Um, because Rob's got to know us so well over the last two and a half years, so that went from, so Rob's role with us went from ad hoc to actually, Rob, would you, would you mind working for us permanently? Um, not as a full-time employee, but as a permanent freelancer. So what that means, the transition there was from just an ad hoc job based on how much would you charge for this? It came to, well, how much would you charge for being with us every single month and doing X, Y, and Z? And we agreed a price, and, and Rob's been with us ever since, two and a half years. Um, he's a tremendous individual, and in fact, what's happened more recently, I used to spend around four hours, maybe five hours a day on LinkedIn, as many of you do, because um, LinkedIn's about relationship building. Um, ironically, what's happened, Rob's got to know me so well, he started to become me on LinkedIn. So in fact, uh, this is a top, top secret, don't tell anybody, anybody. but um, if you write to me on LinkedIn, it'll probably be Rob's that, that's replying. Um, and as you grow, um, I don't think it's any secret, um, as you grow and that time is limited, you will have to do that yourselves. Um, and it's about finding the right person. And I'll be honest with you, I've, I've been on LinkedIn and I've read some of the th replies that Rob's given, I could have written it. it, it it's, it's, though as it, it, it's as though it is me. Um, and, and that's what, I'm, again, I'm trying to emphasize is the caliber and quality of individuals out there is so high. Uh, we talk about in business, you know, if you want to be successful, surround yourselves with people that are more intelligent and more skillful than you are. And that's what we're doing with with our freelancing community. Um, so um, that's, that's writing blog posts. As it happens, we're actually going to be taking on uh, more people. We've, we've got uh, more uh, writers that we need. We need more blog posts, posts to be done. Um, so we're actually looking to take on even more people in that, in that sector. Um, so the other person I want to talk to is a guy called Paul. Now, Paul 
um, is the most dynamic graphic designer you could, you could come across. And it's interesting, I was talking to this gentleman earlier about that, and he was talking about um, the graphic, there are lots of graphic designers out there, but the graphic designer that you need needs to fit with you, needs to understand what you're, what you're looking for. There's no point in a graphic designer producing everything in blue when your favorite color is green, if, the, if that makes sense. So they need to um, be on the same wavelength and the same page as you. And we were incredibly lucky to come across a guy called Paul, um, actually living and working in Bangladesh. He completely transformed our, our website and our graphics and our, our imagery, um, started to transform all the imagery that we use in blog posts and banner ads, and literally anything um, that has, in fact, some of the leaflets that you'll see around for the Connects Hub, our business cards, anything that has an imagery on it goes to Paul. Um, and again, it started off as just a, you know, can you do some pages on our website? Can you do the, the homepage? Can you do some Im imagery for that? And, and again, Paul's transitioned into being a full-time freelancer for the company, month in, month out. Over two years, Paul's been with us, and I hope he never leaves. He's just an amazing individual. Uh, the whole company loves him to pieces. Uh, it's not just me asking him for things to be done. It's every department saying, could you do this? Could you do that? And he just does it. He's just amazing. What's been really exciting for me is that by him having uh, full-time freelance contracts, um, he's actually been able to move from Bangladesh to the USA where his wife was living um, and who he hadn't seen for two years. So I was absolutely delighted for him that he, he was able to move on the basis of us giving him some full-time work, um, albeit in the freelance world. Um, and the other one, I'm not going to embarrass him. Actually, I am. So the other one I want to talk about is a guy called Corey. So Corey's actually only been with us uh, six months, and Corey's actually in the room. But um, what, a, what a fabulous young man. He's um, straight out of college. Um, came to, and by the way, nobody steal this guy, all right? This, he's ours. Um, but Corey's a freelancer. He works for, for other, um, other uh, companies and individuals um, building websites. And when, we, when Corey first started us, I think most of you know websites are pretty important to your business. Um, and there's a part of the website that Google looks at um, that tells you, you know, whether it's any good or not. And, and Google will actually start pushing more traffic to you the better up the, the, the scale it is. Well, we had, a, uh, we had an average site uh, percentage of about 72% when Corey joined us. As of Monday, when I looked uh, through the work that Corey's done over the last few months, he's pushed our web page up to 99%. And actually, he didn't know it, but when I looked this morning, it was at 100%. So that, for us um, as a company, is just unbelievable because we now know that Google are looking at our website and going, that's a damn good website. It's got good content. It's fast. It's got good graphics. Uh, the end user is staying on the website. All those analytic things that we're all looking for. And it's all because we engaged with Corey. Now, we've actually, uh, I don't think many people know this, but Corey, we, again, we agreed terms with Corey. Um, we actually up, upped his wage two months in, three months in, Corey, I think, and we've just done it again. Um, because the value that Corey gives our business um, is immense. If you imagine now that we are, uh, I think Corey mentioned earlier, uh, there's another 10% of um, users coming to our site. So what that means down the line in terms of sales 
is, it's incremental. Um, you, you can't buy that, but we have using three freelancers. So the, the, the caliber and quality, uh, we, we couldn't get that anyway. We couldn't do that internally. Now, we've got some good website people internally, but it's something you need to focus on and concentrate on. And we couldn't do that internally because we've got so many other things we're trying to do. I mean, as business owners, we're all juggling. Every single day we're juggling to, uh, to run our business. So the fact that we could say, okay, we're going to have somebody that's going to specialize in this and um, do a really good job. And again, I'm really proud of the fact that we've, we've got somebody like Corey. I mean, he's just, just an amazing individual, young man, and he's doing an, an awesome job. So thank you, Corey. Um, I also want to just very quickly talk about, so they're, they're, they're freelancers that we've transitioned into full time. We love having them on the team. And I'm going to talk to you about how you should engage with those people within, within the business. Um, but I also want to talk to you about um, just one-off individuals because um, they're equally, equally as important to you. And this is a real story. So I, my background is in SQL servers and, and um, that whole horrible junky stuff. Um, and I, was, I had a report to produce for a particular client, and I was really struggling. Um, it was a really complex report, and I was struggling. I'd nearly get there and then not, and I'd, I'd have to walk away from it because my rule is if you don't you know, walk away because you're just going to waste time trying to walk away and go back to it. I'd walk away, go back to it. I'd spend another hours and hours and hours, nearly get there, not quite, walk away, come back. And this just went on for weeks. Um, and to the point where the clients now, we've kind of got a deadline. It's not in stone, but it would be nice to have it built by. And I was starting to feel some pressure. And I was so stupid. I mean, seriously, because we've got this whole world of talent that's available to us. It's, it's, it's just there. And what I did was went out into the world and said, is there anybody out there that knows how to do SQL Server? And I came across a guy called Mark who's based in Canada. He's actually Australian. Um, but married to a Canadian and now living in Toronto. And um, I sent him the, the, the spec and I sent him all the queries that we'd done and all the tables and, and he looked at it and said, yeah, should be able to do that. 35 minutes later, bang, done. Passed it to the client. Oh my God, they said, this is amazing. This is amazing. And it's still alive today, this particular report. It is an amazing report. What I'm trying to say to you, I, I was the idiot because I was spending hours and hours and hours trying to do something that I'd never get done. And there's talent out there that can do it. And Mark, so Mark's one of those that we, uh, we don't engage him uh, on a contract every single month, but we do engage him as a company when we reach problems. So if we've got a problem with that, the whole company knows Mark, they know who he is, what he does, how specialist he is, and we'll go to him. So there are specialist individuals uh, within, within the marketplace. So they are just some, um, some um, ideas about how we utilize uh, freelancers. And, and we use many, and we use them a, a, across the board. And I'll, I'll speak to you uh, in a little while about um, some other aspects. Um, I think we've got a question from somebody at home. Um, so I don't know whether they want to. I'll, I'll flick onto the next slide and see whether they're, whether they're ready to ask the question. Um, so I'm going to move on to, are they ready? Yeah, okay, let's, let's take uh, a question from one of, one of our online users. Um, if you'd like to tell us your name, the company you work for, and, and what your question is, that'll be great.
I work in the fintech industry. My name is Michael. Um, I have actually bad experiences with the uh, development side. So how do you trust the freelancer? So we did the odd jobs, website banners, but then the quality was just not there. Um, and I'm curious how you solved it because you're only telling the success stories. Yep. Uh, but my experience is not that good. Cool. That's that's brilliant, Mike. No, thank thank you very much. And you're right. I have been a all very positive, positive, positive. There are negative sides. Yeah, like it in in. In the whole world, there's good and there's bad. Um, and, and I've fallen foul. I, I won't call it fallen foul, but I, I've had work done and it's not been quite up to spec. It's not been quite what I imagined it could be or should be. And, and I've been disappointed. Um, I've still paid the fee and I think um, rightfully so. I've, I've still given them, you know, four or five stars or whatever because they've produced. Do you know, sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes it's, it's the spec. And in fact, what we're going to get, how to hire. Sometimes we've given them the wrong, wrong information or we haven't been explicit enough about what we need. Have you ever done that test where you've taken a, a sheet of paper and said, draw a square and then draw a circle within the square and then draw a triangle and, and your image of that. And then you, you ask 20 people to show them their image and they're completely different. Yeah. Somebody's got a little square in the corner, another one's left hand side, another one's got a big square, another one's got a tiny circle because we haven't been explicit enough. We haven't explained that actually you want to start the square off. Um, three centimetres down from the top left-hand corner and the circle's in the right-hand. We haven't explained. So quite often, the person's actually very, very skilled at what they do, but we haven't explained it. There are those that actually aren't that skilled. I, I, I'll be honest, there are good and bad. So what we're going to look at in a minute is the, the hiring process, what we have um, learned over the years of how to hire and where to hire and, and, and the questions we should be asking to get the best. And I have to say... The, 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 the bad occasions are, are minimal, if non-existent. And there's another really key part to it in that we've not employed this person. We've not gone through a whole rigmarole of, of um, going through CVs and, and, and all of that. We, we use the phrase very easy to hire and very quick to fire. And it's very, very simple. If, if the work's not up to scratch, don't have to use them again. So it's very, very simple. Um, and also the cost basis. If you start on something very small, then the, the cost detriment to you is minimal. You know, it might be you've started. I'll give an example. So we've, um, I mentioned to you earlier, we're looking to engage with more writers. Um, we want more, more quality, high quality blog posts for, for our website. And so we've started to engage with writers. We have been looking at some of the normal sites that I'll show you. So Fiverr.com and, uh, and, and the other sites. And we... We actually engaged with somebody the other week. Now, these people, freelancers are incredibly busy. The good ones, really, really busy. So I engaged with somebody, asked them to do a blog post, a thousand word editorial, um, and uh, that came back. Now, I passed that to my PA and said, what do you think? And she said, well, I don't think that's very good. And I said, well, let me put it in this context. We only paid for a thousand words and we got delivered a thousand words. And also the topic was really horrible. I mean, the topic was voicemail. How many of you could write an article on voicemail? A thousand words. It was horrible. So it was kind of a test. So for me, when I read it, punctuality, spelling, context, flow was absolutely brilliant. And when I put that back to, uh, to, to Paula, my PA, she said, actually, Mark, you're right. And what's going to be interesting is um, this person is five star, absolutely smacked out with work. I mean, just work coming out of her, her ears. And... 
Um, but I want to engage with us. So we're, we're now in discussions about, well, would you like to have some more, you know, would you like to be able to do, you know, one blog post for us a month or, or two a month or whatever, and we're in those discussions. Because I think that's got, um, she's got legs to help us. And there will be others. So that's basically how we're, how we're going. So I think, yes, there are bad. Don't worry about it. It's not going to cost you an arm and leg. Um, you haven't got to go through tribunals for, for hiring and firing. Um, the, the money, it's well worth it. It's a lesson and just learn how to um, engage better uh, the next time round and, and, and look for, for better. What I'm saying to you is, my experience, probably 80% out there is amazing. I mean, it, it, it's the normal stats. You know, 20%, mm, 60%, okay, going to do a good job, and then you've got the cream. You know, there's a good 20%, 10 15 20% up there. That is absolutely amazing, dynamic. And in fact, I've met people here uh, uh, today who have come out of corporate. There's one young lady there, she's come out of uh, uh, Shell Oil, uh, CIO in Shell Oil. Major, major, major. She's offering her business experience to small businesses. She's effectively a freelancer. And anybody that doesn't take that experience is mad. You know, if she's offering that experience and her, uh, yeah, she come from big corporate life. Um, and again, the reasons she went into freelancing were her own reasons, but you know, well, she loves the variety of dealing with, with, with small business and small business owners. So very, very quickly, how to hire. I've already covered it. So um, be very specific in what you need. Help that freelance understand what your needs are uh, and, and help them to help you. You know, if you just say, here's your city paper, can you give me a thousand word editorial? It's not gonna. You know, what are your keywords? What words are you looking for? How are you looking for it to be penned down? So be very specific. And I would write it down yourselves because if you write it down and read, read it back, it's going to make, make more sense. So number two, when you're looking through the infinitesimal number of freelancers, um, look through and review, look at the work they've already done, um, and make sure that they're in line with what you're looking for. There's huge choice out there, which is a nice thing, but you can also get blinded. It's like walking into the sweet shop, and there's so many sweets, you can't, you can't imagine which one to, to, to choose. There is so much choice, so much quality. So, um, yeah, when you're looking, uh, make sure you're reviewing who you're looking at and, and look at their testimonials and what work they've done. Um, Number three, I, I always like to respond to everybody, even if they're not going to be suitable for us, because you never know whether they might be suitable down the line. So always be polite, always be nice. Um, and then shortlist, shortlist down to three, four, five, whatever you think um, is, is applicable. Depends on the task. If it's a one-off task, I just want the logo done, you'll probably just look at three and then um, see who, you know, who may well fit with the style that you're looking at. Um, if it's for something more, and if you've got a line to be more permanent, then you might want to um, expand that a bit more and, and, and dive into a bit more detail. Um, the, this one is really critical, and I'm, I'm going to give you an example as to why. So checking previous work. Now, if this is going to be, if you're going to be engaging a freelancer um, that you would hope to be a long-term engagement with you, rather than just a one-off, can I have a logo done? Um, so uh, the good example I would give is marketing. So we used to have uh, what you would call a CMO, uh, was our, our, market, our chief marketing officer. And what I, what I 
found was that the great guy, absolutely wonderful, um, loved working with him, um, but the depth of what we were getting back uh, wasn't good enough for the company. We just weren't moving forward. So then I decided, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make a change. And I don't know whether it was, I think it was by luck, um, if any of you believe in luck, but what happened then was I realized that marketing is much bigger than just a one-person job. And what I realized was that we could actually get top, top people in each of the, the divisions of the marketing. So if we separate marketing out into SEO, PPC, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, you know, if we separate those out and we get the best people um, in those, uh, for those commodities, then we're, we're going to be halfway there. And that's really what we decided to do. And it was by luck that we started to, we did what I've just suggested there, one, two, three, and we came up with some short lists. The next thing we did was ring them. And what's ironic is marketers will actually tell you they're great at marketing. They'll, they'll spread their net really wide because they don't want to miss any of you. You know, if there's an opportunity to get some work for you in SEO or PPC or any, any of the other marketing, marketing aspects, they want it. So every single CV and every, every single one was saying, I'm great at marketing. So here's a top tip. This is what we did. We rang them. So we arranged, we arranged a, a conference call. And I said, what do you love doing? What do you love getting up for in the morning? What's your passion? And the irony is that each one would say, well, actually, you know, Mark, SEO is what I love doing. I can do all the other stuff, but I just love SEO. Or I'm, I'm fabulous at PPC. And it was incredible because one by one we were going, there's a tick. We'll have you for that. We'll have you for that. We'll have you for that. And we've grown just such an amazing team um, of highly skilled, highly talented. There'd be corporates that would, would hire these people. Um, and so we're, we're, we're so lucky, I think, that we've, we've come across the freelancing world. And that freelancing world has given us this level of talent that's allowed us um, to grow and expand. And this is what I'm trying to implore you as small business people and, and, and startups is do not forget the freelance industry. Um, it, it, it's phenomenal. So that's a, a, a top tip for you on how to engage. And then basically, step number five, just agree terms um, and move forward. Now, those terms in the first, what I would suggest is that you... Uh, again, it's about, is there a fit? Is there a fit between um, the freelancer and yourselves? Into, is there a company fit? Is there a cultural fit? Is there a fit in terms of um, what they can do? Does it fit with what you need? So the nice thing about the freelancing world is that you can engage for a shorter period or, or a project, a single project, and then go from there. So, so quite, we would always start with just a very small, uh, almost a tester, uh, and just see how we get on. And as the case with, with Corey, you know, let, yeah, we, we started him off on some small stuff. Can you do these? Of course I can, blah, blah, blah. And what impressed me, we talk about the A game, what impressed me about Corey um, and every, everybody else that we've taken on when we talk about the A game, they're doing things without being asked. They're saying, do you know what, I've seen that problem, and they go and fix it. Or they add to that, or they give us that. Um, it was like the, this uh, uh, pool just, just knew they're going to need business cards. So business cards were produced, or, or the, the artwork for those. They're going to need a leaflet for that. 
produced a leaflet. They're going to need a homepage. They're going to need... So this is the level of skill um, that the freelance industry can, can bring you um, as, as a small business. And for a business owner, it's just sweet. It's like, because you know you're thinking of everything. You know, you go to bed, I've got to do this tomorrow. Oh, what about that? And there's that and that. And when you start getting people around you who are actually better than you, have more skills, um, and want to uh, uh, work for you and produce the best, it's unbelievable. You know, they, you, you start to get things done that you never imagined would be done. So that's basically the, the, the quick things on the five, my top tips on, on how to hire. In terms of where, we're, we're in such a wonderful age. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're now seeing huge growth in, in the freelance community and globally. Um, there are lots of amazing sites out there. Uh, they all have a different purpose and work slightly differently. And, and a lot of the freelancers begrudge some of them because they're charging too much for whatever reason. But there's whole communities of freelancers. So use them. Drop in and out. It costs you nothing to look um, and see what the skill sets are there and, and, and find out um, you know, what, what could marry with what your needs are. But you've definitely got needs, and you've definitely got freelancers that can fill those needs. Um, so have a look on those sites. Have a look on, on Google. Do some searching. Do your research. Um, and, you know, we're awash globally. Don't forget it is global. Don't be frightened of employing globally um, because we've all just gone through two, two years of, of semi-working from home. It works. So there's no different from somebody being, you know, in the next town down from you or in the next continent. It makes no difference. Um, what you're, you're, not, you're not buying on where they live. You're buying on what skill sets they have and what they can bring to the party, how they can benefit you and your business. That's the key. So let's get this around the right. So culturally, this is really important. I think I, I, I'm quite fortunate that I, I was brought up to treat everybody the same. Um, so it doesn't matter in your business whether, you, whether you've got somebody coming into the office and, and cleaning the office. Um, I've, I've always treated people exactly the same, whatever they are. It doesn't matter whether they're up there or down there, they're, they're all the same. And, and I think that's been fortunate culturally within our company. We, the whole company treats our freelancers just like full-time employees. Um, and I like that. I, I think um, it helps. It helps those that are full-time employees integrate with um, our freelancers and vice versa. Uh, and you saw earlier, we did a, we did a conference. The conference wasn't just for our full-time employees. We wanted everybody to be there. We wanted everybody to engage with each other, learn what they do, see where the hiccups and problems are and learn from those and, and basically work as a team because it's all about a team. So if you can bring that um, forward in your own don't don't treat my top tip is don't treat the freelancer like just a one-off do that and, and bye-bye you know if you're thinking about engaging with people that are going to grow, help grow your company then treat them with respect uh, that's the most important thing I, and, and if you can then bring that into the company where your your colleagues and the other members of your team are doing the same then you're on a real winner um, so that's a that's a real top tip um, for me um, and Again, we've spoken about um, the freelance world um, being full of, of experts. And I've spoken to you about 
the, uh, the, the cream effectively coming to the top. What's amazing for all of you, all of you small businesses, you've got access to these people. You've got access to the top, top people in the world. And it's inexpensive. And as you saw earlier, I'd actually flip that. I'd say you're actually crazy not to engage. You're actually losing your company money by not engaging with, with top, top freelancers. So they're, they're my top tips. They're the facts. Um, I hope that's been useful. It's been uh, a hell of a whirlwind ride for us. As I mentioned earlier, I have been using freelancers, although we didn't call them freelancers throughout my entire career um, at some level or another. What we're doing now with, uh, with ConnectSum, my own company, is, is, is unbelievable with the freelance. And, and we're, we're really enjoying um, our experience in terms of using different people um, to do different jobs. We're enjoying that as much as the freelancer, I hope, is enjoying working with us. So it's a win-win um, all the way through. So I'd implore, and that is a really, really strong word, I would implore you to consider um, looking at the freelance world and engaging within the freelance world. So, um, yeah, I, I, I could go on all day about freelancing. I've had lots of conversations today about freelancing. Uh, that's it in kind of a, a, a nutshell. But I'm happy to take uh, questions from online or, or questions in here. So there's a question from in, in, the, in the room. And we're just going to get a mic to you, sir. Yeah, hi, I'm Michael Lorek, um, Director of Online Design Business. And my question is quite simple. How do you manage intellectual property compared to employment where the intellectual property belongs to the employer? Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're a software development house, so we're quite careful about who has access to certain of our IP. It's not what I mean. If, if you ask someone to, to, to develop a logo for you, as an example, yep. at that moment, you need to sign over the intellectual property of the copyright. Yeah, so we're That's all... That's what I mean. Yeah, you need, you it's a very a good question. Very, very good question. Yeah, so just, just make sure in the terms and conditions of, of engagement. Most, I mean, logos are quite simple because most uh, Fiverr.coms, the, the agreements in there actually cater for that. Um, so the property right will come from them to you and you'll have rights to that. There are, sometimes you'll see, um, you can pay a price um, to have a creation created, but it's only for personal use. And then there's another price you have to pay. There's a premium um, that you have to pay um, to make it public use. Um, so you just you would always tick that because there's no there's no point having something done that you can't use on your website um, or use in the public domain. So just make sure you do that. It's a really good point, sir. So thank you very much for bringing it up. So just, yeah, just cover your your bottom. Any more from online? Any more from home? Has that been useful, everybody? I hope that's been useful to you at home. I hope you've taken something away that will benefit your business. Uh, and I wish all your businesses the, the, the best of growth um, here on in. Um, fabulous to be here. Thank you very much for listening to me. All right, thank you.